God is good. Man, you guys can all be seated. Man, man. For sure, for sure. Elevate. 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 All right, all the girls. Elevate. Wow, that was actually a lot louder than I thought. Okay, all right, guys, elevate. Girls, what, what? All right, guys. Oh, you girls weren't ready for that. You weren't ready for that. All right, girls, elevate. Guys, what, what? Girls. All I hear is Daryl's deep voice. That's all I hear. Come on, let's do it one more time. Ladies. All right, the girls weren't ready. It's okay. It's all right. Guys kind of won that round two to one. It's all right. We'll count that. Welcome to Elevate. Uh, I am Joseph Bonilla. I'm the one giving you guys the word tonight. I'm so thankful to be back. It's been a long time. I had a surgery, but guess what? God is good. I can testify about that, that God is good. All right, everybody, listen, we're in a sermon series called Life to the Fullest. Everybody say, to the fullest. Amen. Amen. Don't you guys want to live life to the fullest? And I hope that you have been blessed with uh, the last few sermons on how to do so. Uh, Over the last few weeks, we have learned that there are thieves and robbers that attempt to take the sheep from the good shepherd. There is an illusion that is presented to us to lure us away from the shepherd. Yet, if we stay in these green pastures the shepherd has made for us, then we'll be safe. We've learned that the last few weeks. And the big reason why we're safe in green pastures and not with thieves or robbers is because of this one reason. We belong to a good shepherd. Everybody say, good shepherd. How many of y'all are sheep in this place? It's a tough question because not everybody wants to be a sheep because a sheep is kind of dumb, okay? Right now, we're, uh, I, I have a favorite, well, I don't have a favorite basketball player, but I have a basketball player that I like to imitate when I play. Sometimes his name is Kyrie Irving, good basketball player. Uh, he has handles, he has a shot, and a few months ago, three months ago, he was kind of getting a lot of backlash because people were mad at him. He wasn't getting vaccinated, right? Of course, he stood for freedom, stood for America. He was like, no, nah, I'm not getting vaccinated. But he said to all who are getting vaccinated, right, in a sense, he said it subliminally, right, or he said it kind of like passive aggressively, he basically called them sheep. Why is that such an insult? Because sheep don't think that much, right? Sheep don't think that well. Sheep kind of just follow. Sheep aren't that smart, right? So when we get to talking about sheep, right, we, we are sheep in this story. We are sheep when Jesus is talking. We are the sheep, right? So if we can get to John 10.10. 10. Reading this passage, we've read it a bunch of times, but it's okay to read the Bible. How many of you read the Bible every day? How many of you read the Bible every other day? Come on, Josie. Put that hand up. How many read the Bible every day? Boom. Respect that. That's good. That's good. I owe you $5 still. I won't forget that. (laughs) So, yeah, read the Bible every day. Even if you read the same verse, you get something new all the time. I'm doing a year year plan with Jorge um, about reading the whole Bible in a year. And we're reading, you know, you end up reading something that you've read before, but you see things that God shows you things that you haven't seen before. And I want us to read John 10, 10 again, even though we've read it the last few weeks, because we're going to see just some new things, right? So John 10 onward, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come, this Jesus talking, that they may have life and life to the full. I am the good shepherd. Everybody say good shepherd. Good shepherd. 
Everybody say good shepherd. I can't hear you guys. Do you guys think he's a bad shepherd? If, the God, if God has been a good shepherd, say good shepherd. Amen. He's a good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That right there is what we're talking about today. Listen, why do you think God says to love your neighbor as yourself? Why do you think you should, God says that? Why do you think Christ has us love our neighbor as ourself? Because it is actually the only thing we know how to do without anyone teaching us to love ourselves. When a baby is crying, it's crying not because of the sins of the world, the problems going on in the world, not because it just watched a, a sad movie, not just because Andrew Garfield redeemed himself and No Way Home and you just feel that in your heart, right? How many of you have seen No Way Home? Right? A baby's not crying because of some emotional like attachment to something. It's not crying because it's so happy to be born. It's crying because it wants some milk, right? It wants to be loved. It wants to love itself, right? That is like the first thing we do. We want to love ourselves. I know we, li- we, we live in a world where they're always telling you to love ourselves. We, we, we automatically do. We automatically feed ourselves. I see all of you came with clothes on, amen? It's pretty cold outside. If you came here with no sweater, no jacket, right, uh, shorts like Jorge used to do, right, when, back in the day when he was a youth, he used to come with shorts in negative 12-degree uh, weather, right, I would start to question whether you loved yourself. But you do. You do love yourself. We as humans are pretty much selfish. We only go for something that will help us, benefit us, That's kind of what we automatically do. Jesus says to love your neighbor as yourself. We as humanity have spent years just trying to preserve our lives, make our lives better for ourselves. And Jesus flips that on his head and says, all that you've done for others, all that you've done for yourself, now you do to others. And that is how you perfect the law. But there's an important reason for that, right? The good shepherd is not like that. The good shepherd is not like the sheep. The sheep just care about who can, who can, you know, take care of it. The shepherd is not interested in who can take care of him. Matter of fact, he lays down his life. So if we can go up a little bit more. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now the hired hand is not the shepherd, does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, everybody say, Glad you guys did that. It's funny. It's funny to see you guys. All right, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. He says again, I am the good shepherd. Everybody say, good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this uh, sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason why my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up, this command I received from my Father. Amen. Praise God for his scripture, his word, right? God spoke to us through his word, and he wants us to know about the shepherd. This is something that's very similar. similar. Let's go to Psalm 23 real quick just to leave it up there. Jesus says two times that he's the good shepherd, right? You ever, ha- you ever said something so funny you got to say it twice? Or so good you got to say it twice? How many, have ever, how many have ever done that? That's me right there. Like sometimes my wife, I don't know if she gets my humor or not. So I said something funny, and then I see she doesn't laugh. So I'm like, hold up. This joke is hilarious. She has to laugh. She must have not heard it. So I say it again, and she still doesn't laugh. But I know she's looking at me. 
And I'm like, you're just not getting it, right? Jesus doesn't want us to be like my wife when I make a joke, right? He, want, she, he wants us to understand this. He is the good shepherd, right? If you're Puerto Rican in this place, right, Puerto Ricans speak very loud, right? Very loud. And they get their point across because of how loud they are, okay? Jesus gets his point across by saying it a bunch of times, all right? So this is Jesus, right? It's probably a Jewish thing or something. Jesus says twice, I am the good shepherd. And every time he says he's the good shepherd, he gives you a reason, right? He's not like that bogus dad or bogus mom, right, that comes to see their kids every once in a while. And he's like, you know I'm a good dad. And then they're like, why are you a good dad? And he has no reason for it. He just says, you know I'm good. Just, all right, I'll see you next year, right? He's not like that. He has reasons why he's a good shepherd. One reason why is because he gives his life for his sheep, right? He gives his life to his sheep. And also before that, he says he gives life to his sheep. So he gives life to his sheep. He gives his life for his sheep. And then not only that, he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep. If you want to be a good friend to someone, you better know them. If you don't know them, you probably can't be a good friend to them, right? You know, for example, like my wife, she's very caring. She's very like detail-oriented, right? And uh, I'm not. So I don't know TJ's favorite color. I don't know Jorge's favorite color. I don't know Oscar's favorite color. I don't know any of my guy friends' favorite color or, or any of the friends that are women, right? I don't even think they have. I don't care what they like, honestly. But I, I really care about what TJ likes, like in terms of color, you know? But I don't really care enough to know it. But I do love him. But my wife challenges me on that. She's like, how do you not know your friend's favorite color? Don't you know him? And it really gets me questioning myself. Like, am I a good friend if I don't know his favorite color, right? And, and it's like, Jesus, he's a good shepherd. He actually knows his sheep. He knows what we've been through. He knows what we are thinking. He knows what's in our heart. He knows what's going to happen to us. He knows us. He knows his sheep. He knows us by name. Jesus is a good shepherd. And we see in this passage, Psalm 23, I want you to understand this. Jesus, right, he has always existed, all right? Let me help you guys understand this. Jesus has always existed. He's the pre-existent one. That means he existed before he was born. If you ever come across a Jehovah Witness or you ever come across a Mormon, you ever come across one of these weird cults, right? Uh, they like to say Jesus was the firstborn, right? Okay, and then, then you'll show them a passage where Jesus is like, well, I knew Moses before him. He's like, well, yeah, he, he was created, though, first. No, listen, Jesus was not created. He was born, but not created. Understand that. So who is the shepherd that Psalm 23 is talking about? It's talking about Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus knows his sheep. Jesus knew David. He knew David, and David knew him. And David says of the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And I want you to picture yourself saying this to Jesus. Jesus is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Jesus makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Jesus guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Jesus, even though I walk through the darkest valley, uh, uh, the darkest valley I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, Jesus' goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, Jesus wants to know he's that shepherd. 
that even though you're walking through the darkest valley, even though there are people that don't like you, even though you are going through things, he will comfort you. Jesus wants you to know, I'm that shepherd. I'm that shepherd, that one that you sung about, that one that you read about. And one thing he does, right, because Jesus isn't just positive Jesus, right, where he's like, I'm so good, I'm so good, and he just tries to ignore the evil, right? Jesus is real, and he lets us know that there's actually people that aren't shepherds that seek to take us from him. So he contrasts himself with the false shepherds or the hired hand. Uh, let's go back to John 10.10, please, good sir. John 10.10, 10, uh, he, he says there's this thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy, so there's this thief, right, that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Again, the good shepherd is good because he gives his life. See, the thief is evil because he takes your life. The, the, the shepherd is good because he lays down his life to save yours. The thief is bad because he ends up killing your life and destroying it. So the thief is contrasted with Jesus. And I've seen a lot of people this happen to, and I'll get to this in a second, but he contrasts himself against the thief. The thief kills, steals, and destroys, right? So that's the thief. But then there's also hired hands, right? Also hired hands. You guys ever, uh, you guys ever been in a, a restaurant, right? And the waiter just isn't good. That's not Olive Garden, Olive Garden, though. They have a good hostess. Hostess, right? Come on. They have a good hostess, right? But you ever like, okay, you ever seen a mess like of a waiter, you know, where literally the waiter gets so frustrated, the waiter just quits and dips, like, it's like, oh, I don't care about these people, man. And they just, everybody's like ordering stuff. That's the only waiter they dip because they don't really care about the business, right? And this is kind of how Jesus was relaying hired hands. You see, hired hands, they don't really care for the sheep. They're just in it for the money. They're just in it for what they can get. Remember what I said? What are humans automatically? They're automatically selfish. The hired hand is no different than the sheep. He just wants to be taken care of. He doesn't want to take care of others. And you see, in, 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 in the hired hand, he will run away when the wolves come. And we'll get to just what the wolves are, but the hired hand has no care for the sheep. And a lot of times we fall for hired hands. I've seen lots of youth, lots of people in the church, they fall for hired hands. The hired hand could be a boyfriend, girlfriend, right? Man, I really, I really need to please this person. I need to follow this person. Whoever this person's on, man, I'm on. Right? All the times, it's, it's education and career, man. I got to do my job. My manager's telling me to come extra time like, or uh, overtime. I have to do this. This is what will help me, right? And that job don't care about nobody. That job will replace you in a second, right? That's why Josie's an entrepreneur, amen? Right, Josie? That's right. Won't be replaced. But anyway, right? So here's the thing. The hired hand can be seen in many times of our lives, many, many places of our lives. A lot of times people put their trust in politicians. People put their trust in celebrities, influencers, right? All these people, and they listen to them, celebrities, but they don't give a rip about you. They don't care about you. Matter of fact, they only care about themselves. That's why before people, when people say suspect stuff and they're about to get canceled, what do they do, right? They retract. They don't really care. They just want the money. They just want people to support them. See, that's what we have to understand is that in this life, there is only one shepherd. The hired hand is not it, right? The boyfriend, the girlfriend, the education, the career, none of that will lead you, protect you, and guide you like the shepherd. None of that is going to put you down and lie you down in green pastures, going to lead you to the darkest valley. None of them are. And we see that the hired hand, he runs away from wolves. 
Let's go to Genesis chapter 4. What are the wolves in this scenario, right? Like Jesus is kind of like almost making a, a, like a, a cool little fairy tale story, right? You got your sheep. You got your shepherd. You got your hired hands, right? You can see what the look. I can like just picture gnomes as the hired hand. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then all of a sudden you have wolves coming out, right? But wolves, he's, he's painting a really, if you, if you were Jewish, you'd probably get it, right? You'd probably get it. But wolves are sin, right? This is what you have to understand. The wolf the wolf is a sin, is sin, basically. Not just a sin, but it's sin itself. Uh, let's go to verse uh, 5. See, Cain and Abel, this is the first mention of sin. How many of you love your brother and your sister? Bethany, please raise your hand. Thank you, man. Amen. Hannah, let's raise, let's raise hands. Abby, let's raise hands. How many of you love your brother and your sister? Okay, raise your hand if you do. Come on. Come on, siblings. I forgot TJ even had a brother for a second. Yeah, you do love him, though. He's a cool guy, right? You better love your brother and your sister, right? But Cain did not love Abel. He loved himself. He wanted favor from God. He ends up killing Abel, right? That's like if Brandon really wanted, like, uh, like uh, I don't know, what do you guys always kind of fight for? Maybe, like, not AirPods, because y'all got that. Um, let's say Lydia, for some reason, gets the PS5. She doesn't even play video games. And it's because she did her chores. And then all of a sudden, Brandon is like, nah, man. And then, you know, he kills him. But, but like, no, that has to be messed up. All right, Lydia kills Brandon. How about that? That, that would make more sense because Brandon's kind of chill. But either way, you guys picture that. Could you, could you actually picture yourself killing your sibling? No, right? Abby, can you picture yourself killing one of your siblings? What about you, Nolan? Can you picture yourself killing one of your siblings? No, right? We can't. But... Guess what? It happens. Cain killed Abel. It's, it's almost inconceivable. It's almost weird, right? No matter how annoying your sibling would get, you wouldn't kill them. Cain kills Abel. And he doesn't do it to this, right? God literally tells him, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, and it must rule over you. How many of you have ever seen Discovery uh, Animal Planet, right? How does a lion stalk its prey? Kind of crouches, right? I'm not going to do it because that'd be kind of funny, right? I'm not going to do it. But kind of crouches, hunched shoulders, low to the ground, wants to sneak up. It's not obvious, right? Similar to what TJ and Oscar were talking about. There's illusions, right? There's this fake kind of grass that is showing. It's, it's a deception, right? Jesus is saying that's how wolves are. Wolves, they don't, they don't just pop up out of nowhere, well, they do pop out of nowhere, but they don't just walk in the, the light. They stay in the shadows, and they creep up, and they wait for you to mess up, to slip up, to be away from the shepherd, and that's what sin is. When you are not looking to Christ for salvation, when you are not looking to Christ to help you with sin, to help you with your life, when you're looking to other shepherds, they aren't shepherds. They aren't going to keep you from sin. And they're not going to keep you from getting killed by sin. You see, no amount of money you have will ever protect you from sin. No amount of friends you have will protect you from sin. No amount of uh, clout or, or popularity you have will ever protect you from sin. Nothing you possess, nothing you look to, no one that you know will ever protect you from sin unless it's the good shepherd. So these hired hands, when they see the wolves, they run. They are unable to protect us from sin. We have to understand that the sin is crouching at our doors. If we, right, 
don't go to the shepherd, right? And we go to his door. If we don't go to the door of the shepherd and trust in him, then we're eventually going to open the door to sin. It's inevitable. There's only two ways, two ways to go about it. You can have this hired hand and be like, well, this guy's protecting me. I don't really need Jesus. But the minute the wolves come, they go running away. They can't protect you, right? A lot of people, they leave Christ or they leave the church or they leave whatever because they, they want to do something else. But when that something else fails, right, they realize, wow, I, this, I was trusting this thing and it failed me. Now I'm in trouble because of this thing and it, this thing can't help me. This thing is nowhere to be found, whether it be a relationship or a job or a career, or education, after school, club, sports. I'm telling you, I played basketball every day to like kind of ignore my problems. Never helped me. It never helped me. And then if I would have got injured, broke my legs, I would have been done. I wouldn't have been able to play anymore, and basketball wouldn't have been there for me. Let's say people who like to sing. What if happens when you lose your voice? Everything's about singing. What happens if your voice is gone? You're done. You have nothing else to look to. That's how it would be. But you have the shepherd. And the shepherd is ultimately good because of this reason. He lays down his life, but then he raises it up. He lays down his life, but he raises it up. You see, because a lot of people can lay down their life, but they can't raise it up. There's, lot, there's been lots of people that have died for good reasons, but where are they? They're still dead. They're still dead. It's like even if, even if like, oh, man, this person sacrificed his life for me, but that person's dead. You can't trust in that person anymore. I know that sounds cold, but literally that person can't respond to you anymore. That person can't listen to you anymore. That person doesn't know you anymore. That person can't give their life because their life isn't theirs to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? Everything that you trust in that isn't Christ will die and fade away. Everything. Everything in this life will fail you. You yourself will fail you. If you trust in yourself, you're going to be really, really, in, you're in for uh, quite a bit of trouble. How many of you have ever been wrong before? How many of you have been, ever been, uh, have, how many of you ever been misled before? How many of you have ever trusted the wrong person and you just really regretted it? How many of you ever said the wrong thing, thought the wrong thing, but really believed it was right until you really slapped you in the face and you found out it was wrong? You see, we've been wrong ourselves. We are not a good shepherd. It's like imagine if a sheep all of a sudden tried to be a shepherd. That's how it would be. So we have to look to the one who has authority. Let's go back to John 10, 10. And if I can get the altar workers up, please, as well as uh, Daryl. Back to John 10, 10. It says this, right? The people that are thieves and robbers, they're, they're, they're Pharisees, right, in this, in, this, in this context. They're Pharisees. They're the priests. They're the people that are telling people to do all these rules, but they're not even abiding by them. They're the hypocrites. Those are thieves and robbers. The hired hands are people that try to be the shepherd, right, like false messiahs, false leaders, people that present themselves like a savior, like they can do something, but when going gets tough, they run away. But you see, Jesus, if we can scroll down a little bit more, please. He says consistently, I am the good shepherd. And he says right here that he's the good shepherd. I know my sheep. My sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Understand that Jesus, his life wasn't taken. We have to understand that Jesus isn't like Tito Jesus. He isn't like, oh, poor Jesus. He isn't like, I saw this one video, this guy, he comes in at the Last Supper, and he just shoots Judas to try to save Jesus. Jesus didn't need saving. 
You see, Jesus, he gave his life for us. He laid it down. Where the thief tries to take people's lives, he couldn't take the shepherd's life. The devil didn't kill Jesus. The Pharisees didn't kill Jesus. He gave his life up. And when he laid it down, he wasn't defenseless. I'm telling you right now, everyone else in this world is defenseless to sin. Everyone in this world, no matter how smart, no matter how conniving, no matter how uh, uh, intelligent, they are defenseless to sin. They're defenseless. It doesn't matter who they are. They can't protect their life. They can't protect themselves from death. They can't protect themselves from sin. That's what's been killing the world. There's only one that can. That's the good shepherd, Jesus. There's nothing in this world that can protect you from the problems that's going on. But we have a shepherd that can be with us in the darkest valley. There's not a, there's not a thing in this world that we can trust with our lives except the good shepherd. Why? Because he gave his life and he raised it up. Right? He has authority. That means he has rule. He has say. He has the final word on what happens and what doesn't happen. And in this place, if you guys could all stand, please. If you don't have the good shepherd, then you don't have the life that he wants to give. You don't, you're not living life to the fullest. What you are is living an illusion. You're living in these fake pastures. You're living in this world that's about to crumble at any moment. Right? It's like this one show. I, well, you guys have probably seen it, right? It's like WandaVision, right? There's this false reality, and it's crumbling as the episodes go on and on, it's just crumbling. And in your life, your world is going to crumble if you don't have the good shepherd. Your life is going to crumble if you don't have the good shepherd. And I'm not saying, hey, man, everything's just going to go wrong for you, right? But I'm telling you, you know, you may, you may get a good job, right? <laughs> You're probably going to lose that job. That's the truth. You're probably going to maybe get in a good relationship that will probably turn sour, you see, this just happens. Life crumbles and it breaks and it tears apart. But you see, we have someone who put the world together. We have someone that made the roads. And then now as the shepherd, he walks the roads with us. We have someone that laid down his life and died like everyone else is going to. But how somehow he is still able to live. He raised it back up. You see, there's no problem that you can't face with Jesus. So you need to put your trust in him. He needs to be your shepherd. If he's not your shepherd, you have hired hands. And when sin comes, you're done. When sin comes, they're running. When sin comes, you're defenseless. If everyone could bow their heads and close their eyes. You see, only Jesus can keep you from sin and keep you living with him. Only Jesus can keep you from sin. Only he can protect you. Only him. He's our only savior. We need to trust in him. We need to trust in Christ as our one and only shepherd. You see, he wants one flock and one shepherd. He wants one, this one flock to have one shepherd. He wants all of Elevate to trust in him. He wants all of us to trust in him. And really, you don't have much of a choice. What's the alternative? Just as we're praying right now, what's the alternative? Think about it. What are some other things you can trust in? I want you to think about this. This is something I do. I, I take these options to the furthest extent. 
Let's say I trust in money. Money is my hired hand. Money is my God. Money is my shepherd. What happens when you're not able to work? What happens when all of a sudden inflation happens? What happens? Yeah, I don't even know about inflation. What happens if literally you got to pay bills? In the future, you're going to have to pay bills. What happens if someone takes your money? You lose your money. Well, money can't be your master. Your master kind of sucks, doesn't it? All right, well, well okay, well, what, what about my education? I go to school, and I do real good, and I, I get a job, and I get a career. Listen, that right there will only get you so far. Education, education is only teaching you really what's wrong, right? It's not teaching you who's right. It's not teaching you about Jesus. And there are people that are educated committing suicide. People that are educated, but then they have no job, and they're overeducated. Oh, but then I'll just get a good career. I'll be an entrepreneur. There are people that can't even get their business off the ground. Oh, well, you know what? I'll just be a kid and have fun. Listen, you have fun, then all of a sudden you realize even when I have the most fun I can have, it's still not enough. I'm telling you right now, we need to hear the voice of the shepherd right now. We need to hear Jesus' voice. We need to hear his voice. What is he saying to you right now? What is he saying to you right now? Are you, a are you a sheep? Do you belong to the good shepherd? Lastly, we need to be weary of the thief. We need to be weary of the distractions. There's an enemy out there that's trying to distract you. He can't get to you, so what he wants to do is lure you away. He wants to distract you. He wants to send things your way that gets you, your focus off of Jesus and on anything else. He will use anything else. He's desperate. He's vengeful. He's hateful. He's spiteful. He own, his only purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. He doesn't care what the cost is because he knows he's not paying it. You're paying it. We have to be wary of that and stay with the shepherd continue to pray. If you, aren't, if you aren't confident that you are a sheep that belongs to the good shepherd right now, just begin to tell him, Jesus, I want to be a sheep. I will humble myself, Lord. I want you to take care of me. I want you to protect me. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Right? You need to confess your dependence. That means you have to admit that you're not enough. These things in this world are not enough. You have to admit where there's broken areas and that you've tried to save yourself, no, you, you can't. That's for those that don't know Jesus as the shepherd. These altars are open. As the worship team sings, just I want you to reflect on that. And if you need to give your life to Jesus or you need prayer and there's been, there's been thieves and robbers trying to distract you, come up so we can pray for you. So we can help you learn how to trust a good shepherd. think about that guys Jesus set us free we're no longer prisoners he laid his life down he didn't need to Jesus could have let us let us die in our sins he doesn't have to care about us 
No one's pointing a gun to Jesus saying, do this for them. No, he does it willingly out of love. He does it willingly because he loves you guys. He loves us. And he cares about us deeply. Think about that, guys. You have someone already that has laid down their life. you are a sheep that belongs to the shepherd just begin to praise and begin to thank him thank him for all the moments that he's protected you from sin thank you for all the moments he's led you to the right path thank you for all thank him for all the moments he's provided for you you have nothing that you need anymore you lack nothing man give God some thanks give him some praise if you're a shepherd if you if you're a sheep to the shepherd Before we close, I want you guys to just listen to this song. No instruments. I just want you to think about that. The, the death of Christ. You bought my freedom. Oh, hallelujah. For the cross. And hallelujah. And thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, now I'm not, and with your blood you, you bought my freedom, oh hallelujah, for the cross. Amen, Lord, we thank you, God, for sending Jesus, hallelujah, we thank you that this willing sacrifice has bought our freedom. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would experience freedom in this place.
that the Spirit of God would break chains in this place, that the Spirit of God would give us power to overcome sin in this place. Lord, may we stay close to you, our shepherd. May we stay close to you, our protector. Lord, we pray that when the wolves come, we would not trust a hired hand, but we would run to you, Lord. Father, I pray that each and every youth would spend a lifetime in your presence, God, trusting you. Lord, we thank you. We pray that you bless the time of fellowship. May this word remain in our hearts, God, as we go on about our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. You guys are dismissed to the foyer if you still want.